Welcome. Beloved, welcome to poems, psalms, stories, and scripture readings with Alicia here at Heart to Heart. Today's reading is from my recently published book, Rest in Peace While Alive. And today I'm going to pick it up in chapter four, Peace Which Passes All Human Understanding. Totally trusting in Yahuwah, the Almighty One of Peace, the God of Peace, will give you such a calmness in the midst of your storms, your friends won't understand. They will wonder, why aren't you falling apart? Or as you young people like to say, freaking out. You can have a peace even you don't understand. How can I say that? Well, if you have a minute, I'll tell you. First, why don't you go and get that little snack you were thinking about getting two chapters ago? Maybe it was a glass of milk or tea. Maybe you just need to run to the bathroom. Or whatever the case may be, why don't you go on and take care of that now? I'll be here. Just don't forget to come back. Oh, and while you're up, would you mind turning down the ringer on your phone? I don't want you to miss anything. You see, it is very important that you grasp the knowledge of how to attain the peace which passes all human understanding. When you come back, I'm going to tell you about the first time I experienced that peace of Yah, the Bible speaks of in Isaiah 26, 3 and 4, and Philippians 4, 6 and 7. But first, you'll have to refresh your memory on what these scriptures say. As you can see, I printed them out in the book, making it easy for you to read them. So please, hurry back. Isaiah 26, 3 and 4 in the KJV, King James Version. Thou will keep him in perfect peace, whose mind is stayed on thee, because he trusted in thee. Trust ye in Yahuwah, the Bible says the Lord, forever. For Master Yahuwah, the Bible says, Lord Jehovah, is everlasting strength. Isaiah 26, 3 and 4 in the English translation, English version translation says, Yah, Bible says, Lord, you will give perfect peace to anyone who commits himself or herself to be faithful to you. That's because he or she trusts in you. Trust in Yahuwah. Bible says the Lord forever. Yahuwah, Bible says the Lord, is the rock. Yahuwah, the Lord, 
will keep us safe forever. Philippians 4, 6, and 7, KJV. Be careful for nothing, but in prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known unto Alua, Bible says God, and the peace of Alua, Bible says God, which passes all understanding, shall keep your hearts and minds through Yahusha Mashiach, Bible says Christ Jesus. Now, let's read that same verse in the NIR version. Don't worry about anything. Instead, tell Yah, in parentheses, God, about everything. Ask and pray. Give thanks to him. Then, Yahuwah's, Bible says God's, peace will watch over your hearts and your minds because you belong to Yahusha Mashiach. Bible says Christ Jesus. Yah's peace can never be understood. Hmm. Well, let's see. Where do I begin? I know. I'll start at the beginning of the episode of my life where I experienced peace that passes all human understanding. Right after the shock of the 911 tragedy in New York, Philip, my only son, enlisted in the U.S. Marines. Well, actually, he started the process of enlisting, enlisting before 911. So he had time to change his mind, but he didn't. I cannot begin to tell you what was going on inside of me. I'd recently lost my sister and brother six months apart that year before. And I hadn't healed from that yet. The thought of just the possibility of losing my only son shook my very soul. I just about forbade him to go. But how could I forbid him when he wasn't my little boy anymore? He was a 26-year-old young man. You can rest assured I told him how crazy it was and how dangerous it was it would be for him and pleaded with him not to enlist. To my displeasure, he enlisted anyway and told me I was stressing him out. Truthfully, I knew I was putting stress on him. I thought he would change his mind if I kept showing him the entire negative view of enlisting at a time when war was inevitable. Not long after my son's decision to enlist, I got an offer from my agent to go to Taipei, Taiwan. Now I had to make a decision whether or not to fly with all the threats terrorists were making and the new terror and fear Americans were experiencing of flying because of fear of being hijacked. I did the best thing I could do, and that was I prayed. If God, who I now call Yah, said, don't go, I wasn't going. 
I was hoping he would say don't go. But if he said go, I was going no matter what. In spite of my fear of going anywhere by myself and the scare of hijacking. While praying about this, God, in parentheses, I have Yah, spoke to my heart and asked if I was going to let fear stop me from doing what he wanted me to do. Would I let someone dictate my life by instilling a fear of what they might do to me? The answer was absolutely not. So I accepted my agent's offer to go to Taiwan. The Lord also told me to step out of the way of his will for my son. I believe his exact words were, this is my doing, get out of the way. Also, Philip said, Mom, it was after I prayed that I decided to go down to the Marine recruiting office. Well, what else could I say but, Yes, Lord God, in parentheses, I have Yahuwah Alua. Your will be done. All I could say to my son was, okay, honey, I'll keep you lifted up in prayer. God is in control, and he has assured me it was his idea, not yours. Well... I went on to Taiwan about the end of October. In spite of my fear of going to another country, I knew nothing about flying alone. I was always traveling with my band and my manager. Now, for the first time in my entire life, I was traveling thousands of miles away from my home by myself. In spite of my concern for my son and the whole 911 ordeal. Even though I backed off and stopped pressuring my son, I didn't have peace. I was afraid, but did it anyway. I had learned from Joyce Meyer, it was okay to be afraid, but it was not okay to allow fear to stop me from doing something. She also made me aware that I would be committing a sin if I did. After my son completed boot camp and the other entire Marine training that was required, he ended up being stationed in Okinawa, Japan. Okinawa, Japan. Just look at God. Little did I know I would reside in Asia, and neither I nor my son had an inkling he would be stationed in Okinawa. And not only that, they're just one hour flight away from each other. It was a miracle. It was all in his plan. He knew. We just didn't know. As time went on, Hundreds, maybe thousands of mothers and fathers were losing their precious sons and daughters in Iraq. They were dying at 18 years old when their adult life should have been beginning. It was ending instead. And that more than frightened me. 
It terrified me. Was this my fate? Should I prepare for this? How can I prepare? How can you prepare yourself for something like that? You can't. So you worry while trying not to worry, struggling to hold on to your faith. Philip and I stayed in touch with, with each other, or rather, I stayed in touch with him. It was because it was very expensive to call Japan from Taiwan and vice versa. Believe it or not, it was more expensive than calling San Francisco. Happily accepting the responsibility of being the one to foot the bill, meaning I would pay the telephone bill, I called him quite a bit. There were times we couldn't speak to each other because of his restrictions or when he couldn't pay his phone bill and his phone service was interrupted. I can remember so clearly one afternoon, I was going about my daily chores and I suddenly got the overwhelming desire to talk to my son. It was almost like an urgent need to hear his voice and I couldn't shake it. Deep in my inner soul, I heard a very soft and loving voice say to me, call your son, call your son. I stopped what I was doing, picked up the phone and called my son. My heart was pounding. I imagined all sorts of things, but kept telling myself, everything's okay, God's in charge and in control of the situation. At that time, I, was call I wasn't calling him, yeah. I reached my son and he was very happy, very happy to hear from me. But he said he couldn't talk to me at that moment and pleaded with me to make sure I call him back. I quote, mom, I hoped you'd call. I got to talk to you about something very important. Please call me back in a half an hour. Can you imagine? Can you just imagine all the things going through my mind, wondering what did he have to talk to me about? Now I was worried. I was very worried, but kept praying and repeating, everything's gonna be all right. Everything's gonna be all right. That half an hour felt like an eternity. I kept looking at the clock every few minutes and thought it had been 20 minutes, realizing it had only been two minutes. Finally, a half an hour passed and I immediately grabbed the phone and made the call. My heart was pounding. I had to stand up to make the call. I was just too nervous to sit down. As soon as I heard my son's voice, I knew there was trouble. I held my breath and said, baby, baby, tell me what's going on. What's going on? I can hear in your voice, something is seriously wrong. He said, mom, you won't be able to talk to me for the next six months. I have to leave and I don't know if I will come back. In pure panic, I screamed, why not? Where are you going? In a very soft and serious tone of voice, he said, Mom, they're sending me out on a ship to fight terrorists. Then he said, 
I'm not afraid though. I just know I have to be ready to kill. And I hope, and hope I won't be killed myself. Then he paused and said, that's why I'm so glad you called because I couldn't go and be in the right frame of mind knowing you won't know where I am or, or what has happened to me. I know how you worry about me, Mom. But Mom, just in case I don't come back, I know you know what happened to me. He paused. Now I can fight without worrying about you not knowing. He could only be on the phone a few minutes because they were getting ready to board the ship. I kept him on as long as I could, telling him how much I love him and praying for him. We hung up the phone and all I could do was cry out to the Father in honesty, praying and telling him how much I appreciated him giving his only begotten son's life for me but that I did not want to give my only son's life. I soon collected myself and I soon after that, I apologized to him for that. I was just being honest. Then I looked up toward heaven and said, but if I have to father, give me the strength and the courage to do it. I know you love me and I know you love my son. He's your son before he's mine. So I am giving him to you and trusting you with him. Beloved, do you know something? After I said this and prayed to the Father, and meant it in my heart, a supernatural peace came over me. Even I couldn't believe it. After that day, as weeks and months went by, I started feeling very guilty because I wasn't worried about my son at all. I could hear a voice in my head saying, you're a terrible mother. Shame on you for not worrying about your son. Don't you love him? It didn't take long for me to figure out that was just the devil, that old dragon called Satan, trying to get me to lose my peace and start worrying again so he could torment me. But I wasn't having it. I held on to my peace that passes all human understanding. Praise Yah. Hallelujah, six months later, my son came back safe and sound. We have a loving and compassionate father. End of chapter five. Beloved, I have to tell you, it's sometimes it's it's hard for me to, to read that without my mind visually I go back to that moment in my apartment I see it it even caused me to stumble over my words that was that was something you know and I mean I meant it I said I know you gave your only begotten son but I don't want to give my only son 
my only begotten son. I don't want to give his life. I meant to, you know, I, I, I know that he knows our thoughts, so I might as well go in and speak, and he knew what I was thinking. But like I said, I, I apologized to him after that. And just told him, to, if I had to, to prepare me for the worst, whatever I had to be ready for. And you see what he did? When I gave him my son, and I gave him all my fears and worry, I, I laid it down at his feet. He gave me perfect peace that passes all human understanding. I mean, I literally, one, I was vacuuming. I said, man, I haven't even been worried about my son. What kind of mother are you? What kind of mother am I? I'm not worried about my son. And then you hear that voice, oh, you, you're a terrible mother. Look at you. You don't even care about your son. Anything could have happened to him. But like I said, I had to catch myself. No, 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 uh-uh. That's you, Satan. That's you, enemy. I am not going to take it back. See, because who knows what would have happened if I had taken it back. I said, no, I've given him to the Father. I'm not taking it back. I'm not going to worry. And I had, I mean, I just had a joy and a peace and I hadn't talked to him in six months. And yeah, I, I didn't worry. Hallelujah. It's possible, beloved. It's really possible. When you totally trust him. Like he says, he'll, he will keep you in perfect peace when your mind is stayed on him. What are you worried about? It's not too big for him. And you know, I've, I've learned in my studies, when we worry, we're telling the almighty heavenly father, I have to worry about this because you aren't capable of handling this. This is too big for you. So I have to worry about it myself. Isn't that awful? But that's exactly what we're saying. Whether you know it or not. And another thing, worry is worship to Satan. Oh, he loves it. Because when you're worrying, you can't have faith. You can't have faith and worry at the same time. You can't pray and worry at the same time. You cancel your prayers. So Satan loves it. Worry, worship, worship Satan. And worship and, and faith and trust worships your Heavenly Father. So who, who are you going to worship? Who are you going to serve? The song say. It might be the devil, it might be the Lord, but you're going to serve somebody. Make a decision today that you won't worry. It's a decision. See, you have to make the decision to not worry before you can stop worrying. It's a mental decision first. You can't just depend on your emotions to, to stop feeling worry. You have to fight the feeling of worry. With your spirit and your mind says, no, I'm not going to worry. My father's he has, he's got this situation. He's got it under control. I've given it to him. I hope you enjoyed chapter four. <laughs> I'm going to have to listen to it because, like I said, I 
I was stumbling because I was literally like a movie. I have a vivid imagination. I can see things. That's why when when people dis- <laughs> and given a description of something that's really horrible, I was like, don't, 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 I don't, please, I can see it. You know, I, I, I don't want, I don't want to see it. <laughs> it's a, it's good to have sometimes, but sometimes it's pretty bad when they give you um, TMI, too much information <laughs> to someone that's visual. My, um, my dear sister and friend, India Love, is the same way. She's very visual. We can, we can see it. I don't know if, if uh, performers or entertainers are like that, but we, I know we both are. Anyway, I'm babbling, I'm digressing. Anyway, thank you, beloved, for tuning in here with poems, songs, stories, and scripture readings with Alicia here at Heart to Heart. Until we meet again, beloved. Yeah, willing, of course. Shalom. And may the peace that passes all human understanding be your covering. See you next time, friends and family.